0: Hello, everybody. Uh, Hello. Welcome.
1: To... Between no, not just any book club. Between the chapters edition. Yes. The first episode of Between the Chapters, of course. Um. So this is a um an episode where it's just in between um, well it's gonna be just uh it's just before the the meat and patatas you know the actual book club but right now this is like a palate cleanser. Um. It's supposed to be shorter. Um. Supposedly we don't know how long this is gonna take. And we're just gonna be talking about a variety of topics. Right now, we're gonna be talking about the books we read in high school and we're gonna be ranking them top five on five. Um, and we don't know what we're gonna do next month. We don't have a plan, but you know what? We'll figure it out, we got a month.
0: Yes, this is a, this is a test run, that's why it's just the two of us. Um, we were the founding members of the book club, so we decided that we would test this this different format. Uh, and each, each month, the plan is that we're gonna talk about something. It might it won't always be related to books we don't think uh, but we're not uh, like he said we're not a hundred percent sure yeah we're, we're, we're making there. this up as we go right right um, but you know uh I don't know it just it's something that I, I think is is good to have a bit of a, a bit of a between yeah
1: yeah a monthly podcast isn't gonna isn't exactly. really gonna be exciting for us. Yeah, we, but, we just want to do something a little bit different. You know, we're not just any book club. <laughs>
0: we're not just any book club. We also talk about other things, like yeah. So our name is basically a lie. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, this this month for our <laughs> that's my roommate. If you remember know that, <laughs> um. This month specifically, we uh, we are actually going to be talking about books during the, between the chapters. So specifically,
1: the books we read in high school,
0: right? Uh, and we're so I guess you know we should not delay very much further and just get into uh, the rankings. I feel like we should start with the bottom five and
1: oh, uh, or, or maybe the roll well mention, right? Because. Yeah, so the dishonorable mentions in this case are going to be the books that we just refuse to finish. So we don't, we can't really form an opinion on this. I believe we each um, have one as well. Yeah. So um, my dishonorable mention is Walden by Henry David Thoreau. It was terrible. Um, so the way that I read this book is that I read a chapter, um, and the the teacher um, assigned um, my English teacher assigned um, a chapter to like individual groups, and they were all equally terrible. They were terrible i said terrible twice but you know what it was it was boring it was pretentious um henry david Thoreau was actually a really smart guy um he went to harvard at the age of 14 and he could have done something with his life but he decided to go live out in the woods because he thought he was better than everyone and he didn't live out in the woods actually um he did but like for a couple like weeks at a time he would go back into the town and get supplies and he would always think that he was better than everybody it was such a bad book that, um, I would not have read it anyways, but like reading that chapter just gave me a taste of the worst possible written literature of all time. So, yeah, that's my dishonorable mention. Uh,
0: my dishonorable mention is kind of in the same vein. Um, so, it's A it's Hundred Years of Solitude um, by... the name is escaping me right now. Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um, and our teacher assigned this book to us over winter vacation. So it's already like, I'm not in the right mindset. Um, and so we we were we had to read this over winter vacation. Uh, and we also had to read an article associated with an idea in the book. And I did one that was over psychology or something. I read the article. The article was really interesting. But I got through a few chapters of 100 Years of Solitude and there, there are parts of it that are good and exciting. And when I hear people talk about the symbolism behind it, I'm like, that sounds really interesting. But I personally just could not get through the book. And when I came back from winter break, you know, there were people who were just lazy because it was winter break. But there were people who forced their way through part of it. And a lot of people were like, either I finished this book, but it was painful, or I couldn't get all the way through this book, and this is the one book I wasn't able to finish in high school. So it's just... You know, overall in my school, this book was just not very popular. Not very many people seemed to like it. Um, And I fit into that camp.
1: Yeah. Um, And also, disclaimer we didn't go to the same high school and we went to different school districts in different states. So, (laughs) just just putting that out there. So, I didn't read um, that book either. Um, Also, I'm one of the few kids that actually read the books. Like, I didn't spark note it or anything. Um, I read every single book um like legitimately, check, cover to cover, except for this book, because this book is the book that actually broke me. Pride and Prejudice was by Jane Austen. I've heard good things about this book, but I also could not get through the book. Um, also, it was the way that my teacher taught it again. This is the same teacher who taught Walden. Um, since the book was, like, so long, um, she decided to assign chapters, like, certain sections of it, and then she would can out a sheet, and, like, the next chapter would be, like, a summary. And alongside it, she would, like, show us the movie with Kier Knightley and who, whoever the hell is also in that movie. So, I, I it was very disorienting. Um, so, like, we would read, like, the first three chapters, and then she would just assign, like, the fourth chapter. Um, not the, not the of the fourth chapter. She would give us a summary. So, like, that, that's already disorienting. And uh, eventually, I gave up, and I just watched the movie instead. And the movie was terrible, so yeah, I found no enjoyment in it. Mm-hmm. You can go.
0: Yeah, I I actually I haven't had the chance to read that yet. But my number five is uh, Anthem by Ayn Rand. I personally am a uh, bit of a libertarian myself so i enjoy the the ideas behind the book but the book itself i felt was kind of obtuse in its language and i know that's kind of the point it's supposed to be like oh you know um uh what what is it called um commensalism and and uh the opposite of individualism i'm losing the word right now
1: um, See, this is a book I did not expect them to pick for the bottom
0: yeah already uh, so so the reason that I'm picking for the bottom is just because the language is very obtuse it was it was very yeah. hard to get go through I, for me picking my number five worst was really hard because outside of this book outside of my number four I enjoyed parts of every book that I read in high school um, uh, yeah am I dishonorable mention? um outside of the outside of those five i enjoyed parts of every book i read in high school so there were parts of anthem that i really enjoyed but i feel like just the language overall is a little bit obtuse uh for people understanding especially because i was assigned it as a freshman i didn't really have my reading chops yet so it was it was just a rough time to go through but um you know when i when i look back on it if I went to go and revisit this book, it would probably make its way up higher, just because I would be able to force my way through the obtuse language a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I I debated putting a couple other books down here, but I just thought, you know, for the time that it was assigned, and yeah, it was it, just the time that it was assigned. I felt like this was my probably my fifth worst reading experience, even though I enjoyed parts of it.
1: Oh. Well, I'm really surprised that I enjoyed this book more than you did. Um,
0: when, did when did you read it?
1: I Sophomore year. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I... Well, so that,
1: that was also my next one. Um, so, yeah. Um, basically what you said, um, I mean, I, I didn't hate it to the extent that you did. I just... It was very dry. Very dry.
0: I wouldn't say that I hated it, though. I would. This is your number four? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say that I hated it. I would just say that, like, like I said, there were parts of it that I enjoyed. I would just say that, you know, it's possible that the language could have been a little bit more, a little bit less obtuse. And yeah, it was, yeah. it was dry as well. All
1: right. Like the since everybody, ex- sorry. Yeah. Since already explained. um basically my book i guess it would be redundant for me to, uh, <laughs> to the, explain it just, my reasoning behind it
0: just overall the the point of it is the philosophy not the actual prose and you find yeah. that in a lot of ayn rand's books it's that the, yeah. the point of it is her philosophy not the prose or the writing or the, even the story yeah. itself most of basically the time. it's
1: better to spark out the book and actually read it
0: yeah get the ideas behind it instead of right. the actual story um, okay
1: you can go for your next book yeah, I
0: went for the Awakening by Kate Chopin. Um, I know you've said you've never heard of this book before. Never heard
1: of it in my life.
0: Right. I uh, had never heard of it before. I was forced to read it, but it, to me, it's not a it's not a bad book. But I just feel like there are better books that achieve the same thing. Um, it's it's basically about. It's basically like a feminist book, and it's about uh this woman, oh God, it's been a while since I've read it uh she kind of breaks free from her husband. there's some stuff in there about like what love truly is in a loving relationship um but I just feel like other books written during the time kind of achieve the same thing and are better novels um from when i went from when I read it that's how I felt at least it it just it it achieves it achieves things it's a well-written book it's just not every you know it's not everything i i do feel like there are other novels that that achieve this the same uh ideas in a better way
1: um okay um for my number whatever cuz i'm really losing <laughs> number count. Three. Three, number 3 you're three
0: worst third worst
1: okay antigone um by whom i forgot who it was um yeah I, i'm pretty sure this is like the way that my teacher taught it but like we read it in class and i just remember th- the play just opening up with this huge monologue and it was it was really it was just <laughs> it was really boring to read i mean I, I don't probably i probably would switch this place with something else but like i just remember just being really bored in class reading it and then reading it the next day and the day after that and i, I was just dying on the inside. I don't really have much to say about this book or this play, besides it's really boring. I, I I'm also a big fan of Greek um, literature and like Greek mythos and all that. I this book uh, this play just does nothing for me. It, I can't even explain the plot. It does me.
0: seem like it does seem like a lot of a lot of the books in our bottom five are us being like, they were so bad I don't even really remember because I it's I don't I didn't yeah. care about anything about it. That does seem like... Less... Or maybe our
1: teachers are bungling up. Right. Bungling up the <sighs> experience.
0: Um, Moving on to my number three. Uh, kind of in the same vein as The Awakening, I put Fahrenheit 451. I did yeah. not enjoy this book while I was reading it. Um, and, uh, you know, again, with Anthem, I enjoy the ideas behind it, but I feel like there are other books that do it much better. And the reason that Fahrenheit 451 is... Below the Awakening, is because I think that Fahrenheit 451 is really, like, not a very good book at all. Like, it's... I really did not enjoy it at all. Um, and namely, which I, I'll, I'm will i sure I'll talk more about later, um, Brave New World. Brave New World covers, e- like, most of the ideas in Fahrenheit 451 and more, and in a more in-depth way. Uh, it's just... Overall, just a way better book, and I don't think I think Fahrenheit Four Five One does set out to achieve what it wants to, but it it's I okay. There's actually something. All right, so um, it's just not exciting in the way that it does it is.
1: is You know, it's very dry, right? But I um, do you know what why Ray Bradbury actually wrote the book of like what the actual theme was? This is where okay, so this is where death of the author, the literary theory, death of the author, where the view reader. I'm sorry about the background noise. The reader's crit, um, the reader's interpretation is just as valid as the author's. Mm-hmm. It's because Ray Bradbury wrote the book as like a diatribe against TV and how consumed we are by it. So, right. it's it's very blunt with how much, it, uh, m- how much disdain Ray Bradbury has towards technology. But that just what makes a for a really, really dude.
0: What a yeah. reactionary!
1: <laughs> He's a boomer.
0: <laughs> what a boomer!
1: <laughs> what a boomer! Yeah. Um. yeah, I mean, I didn't hate the book as much as you did. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, there's the background noise. I,
0: I personally really just did not enjoy Fahrenheit 451 at
1: all. Um, they're better Ray Bradbury stories as well. So I don't know why you were assigned that and what, that it's so ubiquitous in especially, especially
0: because oftentimes I, I found in, in a lot of people had to read brave new world. And like I said, I think brave new world achieves the same goals in a more interesting way. And it talks about more, um, yeah, it's just, I don't really understand why we're assigned Fahrenheit 451. If anything, I think we should be reading Brave New World sooner than um, when I read it, at least. But yeah, uh, I guess go ahead with your second worst. I, I
1: think we know what number one will be, but, you know. Yeah. Shh. We're going to hold it off. Okay.
0: Hold, hold it off.
1: <laughs> Dante's Inferno. Really? Um, okay. Yeah that,
0: that's something that I've wanted to read for a while so it's interesting to hear that it's your second worst for
1: I like okay I like the mythos behind it mm-hmm. but um the way that it's basically all right so Dante is an a self insert of the author because Dante is an actual person because he is the author it's basically just fan fiction of him going through <laughs> the underworld and the, the um... author
0: the author is just yeah, larping no, no. the author's larping yes. in uh in the underworld
1: finish <laughs> Yeah, um, so basically he just goes through the journey of the underworld and he goes through like the nine circles of hell and he just sees people he knows, and these are people you won't even recognize anymore because they're forgotten by history. Sorry, not everybody gets recognized by history. Um, like, most of these pictures are forgotten, so you're like, who's that? And then there's a footnote that goes, oh, it's this guy, and then explains. So, it, it's pointless. Um, yeah. I feel like the concept is a lot better than execution. It should not have been written as like a cantos. Um, it should be just should have just been like a narrative. There was there was some idea. There's no plot behind it. it what what
0: what does what does cantos mean for people who might not know? Because that is like a it's, it's,
1: it's the type of poetry where um they wrote like several lines of it. It's like it's like a paragraph of poetry. And then there's a break. And it, there's a rhyme, but you know, that's kinda of yeah. like lost in translation. Right. And then That's 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 poetry. the
0: thing with, with like uh the Greek poems as well. Um where it's just like <laughs> I remember, I remember when, when, because I never read the whole Odyssey in high school, but they gave us like an abridged version to read, um, and I was like, this is supposed to be a poem, but I didn't click in my head at the time that, oh wait, it's translated from Greek, so of course it's not gonna rhyme.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's some translators that try. Yeah, uh, I think my translator tried, I but it <laughs> wasn't enough to save it.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, well, I definitely still want to give Dante's Inferno a chance at some point, but it is interesting to hear you bring up those uh, criticisms of it. Uh, So, I guess I'll go on with my number two. Um, My number two was Jane Eyre um, by uh, Charlotte Bronte? Charlotte Bronte.
1: I I don't know. One of the Bronte sisters.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I was right. Charlotte. I think the um, one that died the youngest. Oh, it was it was Charlotte Bronte. So, my thing with Jane Eyre is that the the prose is is very pretty. It is the way her, the way that Bronte writes, very very pretty, definitely. But I just I couldn't get invested in any of any of the characters. Um, I could not get. I just I just it just wasn't interesting to me. It couldn't keep my attention. Um, it, you know, it was just dry. It was it assuming. was dry. Yeah, the the relationship between her and um the what was his name? Oh God, it's been a while since I read the. It's been a while since yeah. I read all of these. To be fair, um, yeah, we're in college now. Just, yeah, just saying that. Yeah, so just the relationship between her and her lover is just I didn't I couldn't I'm get so- interested in, in it. I couldn't get interested in it. Uh, it just... I don't know. It did, nothing in the book really intrigued me all that much. Yeah.
1: See, this is the same era of Pride and Prejudice. Um, so, Pride and Prejudice... Um, I, it was supposed to be a satire. The satire was kind of lost on me, so maybe that's not my fault. But um, the book has... I'm talking about Pride and Prejudice again. But the book <laughs> has no first act. It's incredibly rushed. The characters are all self-centered and kind of annoying... I, maybe that was the point, but that doesn't make for entertaining fiction. I'm sorry. Right. It's fair. Okay. I guess. All right. So, number one. Say it on the count of uh, one. <laughs> okay. So, three, two, one. The Scarlet, the Scarlet Letter. Red. We really screwed that up.
0: Well, it's fine. Well, yeah. It's like, the, you know, The, Scarlet, the Scarlet, Letter. Scarlet Letter. It's the worst book that's assigned in high school. Oh, God. Period.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: Like end of story, I the only the
1: way that it's written is yeah. absolutely. terrible. Everybody speaks the same kind of way, like they speak very elegant. Oh my god! Very... Even
0: even the, the little diary. girl.
1: Yeah. Oh my god! It's
0: exactly the same as it everyone says
1: else. Moontide. <laughs> Something like that. And the symbolism is like so over the top. Like it, like there's no subtlety. Like I'm the Scarlet Letter is a symbol in itself. You there's... know, it's just a symbol. Yeah. Oh God.
0: There's either there's either no subtlety or too much subtlety,
1: I, and it, it somehow goes beyond too much subtlety. Yeah.
0: I remember I was talking to my teacher about uh about it about a specific part. There's a part where um the main character and her daughter they go into um it, it's like by the mayor's house and it's his it's his garden or something and there's a there's a rose bush and the Daughter asks for the ro- asks the mother if she can give her the rose, and the mother basically goes, "No, I can't. I can't give that to you." And the daughter starts crying. I want to say she 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 seems upset by this. Um, and that's supposed to symbolize the rose is forgiveness, and the it's not the mother's to give forgiveness to the daughter. When does I haven't seen no. in any other work of fiction a rose symbolizing forgiveness. So where did, did he just make that up? Like, I don't.
1: Know. Yeah.
0: it's just something. It's just something that a high schooler wouldn't catch, and it's just written. Again, and you're, yeah, that's
1: really reaching. Right,
0: and it's just written yeah. in such an uninteresting way.
1: I feel like that's like he tried to make that a symbol, but like, he didn't really specify what the symbol was, or put yeah. anything in the story that suggested that it could have been what the symbol. I'm trying to say something. You don't you don't know what the symbol is. The, so the
0: one part that he totally nailed in that the the symbol that I was just talking about is that he nailed that it's not the mother's to give to the daughter. It's the it's the mayor's. But like what of the mayors? you're giving
1: him par- you're giving him like a participation award. Uh, yeah,
0: right. I I know. So my teacher tried to tell me that it was the town's forgiveness, but in my head I was always like, but it's not the it's not the town's rose. It's the mayor's rose. What is what like? What where does the rest of the town come? I don't know. I just think that I, I use the same language for for Anthem. It's it's just a very obtuse novel. Like it's just hard to understand. It's written in a confusing and also somehow uninteresting way.
1: Um, he tries to write elegant prose, and it just falls flat on his face. Yeah, it's really bad. And a uh, fun fact about this book. Um, SparkNotes version of this where it's fully annotated and like you want to summarize. It outsold the actual original copy itself. So, that goes to show how many people just like absolutely go hate Spark this book.
0: Notes. Congratulations <laughs> to SparkNotes. Yeah. Um, you go. All right. Uh well, now that we're done with that uh upsetting novel. Um <laughs> I haven't ex- excuse us if we missed anything or forgot anything. Again, these were books we read in high school. We're now both in college. It's it's been a while. All um, right. So I guess now we should go to, to the our books best we top en- five. The books we enjoyed the most.
1: Yeah, and we ac- I actually read all these books too. So you know what the people that Spark noted these uh, are really missed out. They did especially. Uh, yeah, um, I know that we have the same <clears throat> honorable mention. Hamlet. So. Yeah, Hamlet. Yes. yes. Um
0: Hamlet is the one Shakespeare play that I could say that I would seek out and read on my own. Maybe also, yeah. maybe that's not true. Maybe also Romeo and Juliet, but that would just be because of how famous it is. Hamlet, I would seek out and read on my own, I think, because of how excellent it is.
1: Yeah. Did you uh, see the movie of it? There's a four-hour movie, there's and it's great. a
0: four-hour movie. No, I have Because Ham-
1: Hamlet takes four hours to watch. Right. Like, in its usual play length, so... It's beautiful. It's like it's a high budget. Has all these amazing actors. It's great. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have it. to
0: watch that now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. The and the other reason is because Hamlet is one of Shakespeare's most influential plays. Also, so it's also something that I feel like I would have to eventually seek out and read on its own um, because yeah. of how how praised it is, how excellent it is, how influential it was. Obviously, you know, yeah. most decisions. and yeah, and every
1: single monologue is just like a banger. The TV yes. to not to be banger for a reason. I thought it was just gonna be pretentious, but like actually reading it, like, it was great. Yes, I um, it, it the... to to
0: me it always seemed like like when I read Romeo and Juliet, when I read King Lear, a lot of the a lot of the soliloquies, a lot of the monologues, especially in Romeo and Juliet. Oh my God, kind of pretentious, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit boring not really very good at all uh they i just did i just didn't like yeah they were enjoyable some of the prose was beautiful but it was like a little bit especially romeo and juliet so i just keep thinking of romeo yeah. and juliet romeo and juliet, bit, juliet uh, bit... like so
1: many people think like it's written as like a dark comedy as what you justify its quality i don't know if there's an actual production out there that makes it like a comedy like a yeah. farce right i don't know people trying to make sense of that
0: yeah it's just, anyway. It's weird that probably the most famous Shakespearean It's play the most okay. Is the most like it's all right. <laughs> it's it's okay. Um but yeah, uh do you want me to start off the top yeah. 5 since you start off the bottom 5? Yeah. Okay. Uh so my rounding up my top 5 is um 1984 uh by George Orwell. Didn't get I not read
1: that unfortunately,
0: yeah, I read this my senior year of high school actually because we had a dystopian um, dystopian novels, excuse me for one moment uh, we can cut uh, this we can cut this out of the actual podcast. my roommate left his computer on and it's making noise.
1: You just muted okay all right, um so this part of the podcast is um. I just want to say I have to love
0: Pierce. Pierce is a great guy. Um, I really hope it. I wish it was the best. Sorry about that. Um, I so mean you couldn't hear
1: it on the stream, so
0: you couldn't. <laughs> oh, it, it was distracting me. Okay. Um, but 1984 by George Orwell. Uh, honestly, I'm so I'm so glad that I was given the opportunity to read this because I didn't think I was going to in high school. I thought I was gonna have to read on my free time, but my English teacher senior year said that we were going to have a dystopian novel um, like choice Uh, and they give us a very short list of dystopian novels we could choose from so I chose 1984 Uh, actually like very uh, very interesting I you know reading it I think that it's not the most amazing book I've ever read but it definitely is incredible the, the foresight that George Orwell had, and I think that I'm basically gonna make the argument that I made in high school. I think that um, the most interesting takeaway that I had personally from it was that George Orwell kind of, I don't I don't want to say he was arguing against communism and socialism because he was a socialist, but I think he was more arguing against uh, letting your ideology go too far. So he was a socialist he could see in the Soviet Union what happens when left-wing, you know, left-wing ideologies go too far. Right? When they take over the government and when they start doing awful things in the name of their ideology. I think that he saw that. And I think that uh, 1984 is is a real um, warning against allowing any ideology to go too far, whether that's an ideology on the right wing, an ideology on the left wing, just not allowing them to go too far, not allowing them to take over and be totalitarian, right? I, I just think that the f- the foresight he had was excellent. The writing is excellent. The the characters and their interactions are engaging, at the very least. Um, I I enjoyed them immensely personally, but uh, you know some a person in my class said that they didn't enjoy them as much as I did. So at the very least they're engaging, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, 1984 it's it, it's worth the hype basically. I think it's I think it's a really excellent book.
1: Okay. Um all right, number 5 for me is A Raisin in the Sun. So I know you didn't read this because it's uh, it's also a play. Mm-hmm. Um Lorraine Hansberry wrote this and this was the first all African American play to make it a Broadway. And, um, it speaks to, it. it's very, um, grounded. It speaks about African-American, African-American issues that were, um, relevant around the time. It's beautifully written, at least the, um, the dialogue is, um, can just. It's, it's not like Shakespeare where it's just, like, all flowery. It's very grounded. And, like, the problems they face, um, are, like, very real problems. So it's, like, it's, like, you're just, um, I, you're obviously not seeing it, but, like, it's... These are real problems. It really happened to people. Um, I know it's not much to say that's relatable, but like um, you can see that I'm really struggling. I have not read this book since high school. Right. <laughs> <trying>. I, I,
0: <laughs> I knew I knew that this, yeah. that this that this that this stream was going to be difficult because you know we haven't yeah. read these things. We didn't do any research
1: time. before this, but let's just say that uh, it tugged in my heartstrings because I felt for all these characters and like I really identified what they were, I didn't identify. I really empathized with what, what they were going through. And um, no play has ever just like moved me like that. Granted, I haven't seen many plays, or I haven't even read many plays like that. But I, um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked its message. I've had more to say. I probably should have picked a, a five, a number five that I could speak more about. But whoops.
0: It, that's okay. Before I move on to my number four, I think, I think the the thing with our. Um with us not doing any research about this, uh, I think the fact that the things that we pull out of our head are going to be the things that hit us the hardest and that we remember the most. So I think that the fact that the characters and what they were going through stuck out to you so much is is a good review of that book on its own. Just don't
1: expect me to name what actually happened. The, The...
0: (laughs) <laughs> the 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 fact that that you remember so vividly being emotionally affected by it is i think that a a, a pretty good re- so many years later i think is a pretty good review of that book yeah, okay
1: the you know, one thing i do remember from this is like um i remember them making a weird greek reference like some guy just tells goodbye prometheus and i'm like who says that
0: <laughs> <laughs> who says that in real life yeah
1: so I just had to Google it, and I'm like, oh, that's what it means. But who says that? <laughs> but whatever. All right, this is why it's not number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why. Um,
0: okay. So my number four, uh, Catcher in the Rye, actually.
1: Everybody loves to hate on that book.
0: Everybody does love to hate on that book, and I don't. I don't really understand why. Bec- and it, I think it's because people are like, oh, you know, hold a, hold Caulfield. He's just some angsty teen. And What's the point? It's yes, that's. That's the point. He's just some angsty teen, um, like. And here's here's the thing. It seems like, to me, from from what I can remember, it seems like a lot of that angst is not really all that is to be said about Holden Caulfield. There's a part in the book where um, some nuns approach approach him, and I think he gives them money. Oh gosh. I wrote this oh, no. in an essay and my teacher told me good insight. Now that, that was the note she wrote on my essay. Off the um, ooh, this is off the cuff. <laughs> this is off the this is off the cuff now. But uh oh gosh, he gave I think he gave them some money or like thought about giving them some money and it was to show that like money isn't isn't super important to him and and that he's he's basically like a really good person. Um and I I think that the the fact that it's in in first person,
1: in stream of consciousness, right, That's and stream of consciousness.
0: By. I think that the the fact that you're seeing from Holland's consciousness and you see this like, like you see this angsty friend. teen, but then you see the like three dimensional person behind it. I I think really speaks to the quality of the book and the quality of the writing. Yeah. and honestly, the place that. And I think that what you get out of this book it really depends on the place that you're in. The place that I was in when I read it was uh, like I was moving halfway across the country to Texas at this mm. time. Like it, it, you know, I had a lot to be angry and upset about and angsty about. Um, and so I could relate to Holden more. But the fact that you see this depth, the depth of his character, and the fact that he's like genuinely a, a, a decent guy, and you know I I just think overall there's more to Holden and more to catch her in the ride than a lot of people give it credit for and if you haven't read it in a long time or haven't read it before uh just give it another chance I do really yeah. I, it's, a, I,
1: it's a book that like evolves with your mindset. The, right. If you yeah, you can read at different stages of your life and like get a lot uh, get something different out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. All right. My number 4 is another play, um The Crucible. Okay. Um. Yeah. Even if this was not an allegory, I would still really enjoy it. But like it being an allegory for the Red Scare makes it a lot better. Um. Do you know what the play's about?
0: I have heard of it. I haven't okay. heard that much about it.
1: All right. So basically, it's talking about the Salem Witch Trials, and it's basically an exact retelling. And it, the reason why it's a an allegory is because of um, it was basically they were looking for witches, and you know, spoiler alert, there were no witches, and that's. Yeah, it was an allegory for the Red Scare. Um, they were seeking out people that didn't exist, even though that's not true. The communists didn't exist in America. But, you know, probably didn't justify, you know, what happened in real life.
0: Right. My guess is that the author's thing is that, it, you know, even if there were communists in America, they weren't as big of a problem yeah. as the Red Scare made it out to be, yeah. is what I would guess.
1: And I, I'm pretty sure that he was, um, he was targeted by the HUAC. Um, So that's, he wrote this in response and for some reason it got um, put on Broadway, I think. So double whammy, like actually getting it that far. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the dialogue is very strong. Um, It's very curt. Um, I love the action lines. I I remember being really impressed with how it was. And plus I listened to it like as an audiobook. The recording's not on YouTube anymore because, you know, copyright. But I was very fortunate to be able to listen to um, an actual recording of it and it was very excellent. So I feel like it being my number four favorite book that are in high school is, um, is is in part because I just uh, read, uh, I listened to an actual recording of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was great. Um, it's one of those books that you can say is great and you really can't describe why, but it just hits all those check marks and it's great because of it.
0: All right. Uh, I mean, that sounds pretty good. I might give it, uh, either a watch on YouTube or find a copy. Uh, on, the movie
1: isn't PDF.
0: The movie isn't that good. I thought. Well, if yeah, I know play, Daniel,
1: Daniel Daniel oh my, my God, what was his name?
0: Daniel Day Lewis.
1: Yeah, the character actor. He um. Well, look okay, at this is a bit of a tangent, but he actually learned how to build a house by hand. He's like you know an intense method actor. He met his wife on the the, the movie. Um, but um, he was able to. He he. Basically lived like a pilgrim or whoever they were, I mean, like a Puritan, mm-hmm. and I think learned all the prayers and built a house by hand. So, well, I, can...
0: I, I was just gonna say that I, I, if it's a play, then there's probably like good renditions of that of the, yeah. of the play version of it on online somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'll if I can't find a good rendition of the play, then I'll uh, I'll find a maybe yeah, a, read the script. a copy the script yeah um anyway my number 3 is actually um i feel weird putting it at number 3 um but it's to kill a mockingbird Ooh. um so i actually struggled with this one's placement cuz i thought about putting it, it it was definitely my top 5 but i thought about putting it at 5 i thought about putting it 4 Two or one or three, like where I have it, just belonged in the top five. It just belonged in the top five. I, the quality of the book, the messages trying to get across, the characters, all excellent. But I, I thought I, the reason that it didn't go straight to number one or number two is because of my level of personal enjoyment. I personally enjoyed the books that I have above more, even though I think, I think based off of my ranking, I think it at least deserves two if we're just going by quality of of literature. Um, but I personally enjoyed the two that I have above it more, um, and I was close to saying that I personally enjoyed *Catcher in the Rye* more. But I don't think that I did. But anyway, and that's not a popular opinion. And yeah, that's not that's really not a popular. I mean, the two that I have above it isn't a very popular opinion either. But *To, yeah. to Kill a Mockingbird*, uh, everything that can be said about it has been said. Um, you know, the Scout, um, Atticus, Atticus Finch, uh, the her brother, whose name escapes me, the message it was portraying. Um, the... Oh, it also
1: is like the best title drop of any book ever
0: yeah yeah ugh. it's it's comparison to something that happened in the real world like multiple times yeah the the, fact the that way that takes from it from a child
1: and a child's point of view from it all where it's not just a story about like racism. racism is bad it's more like I, I, there, I know there's another message I know it was like the loss of innocence and like accepting that the world isn't always fair. It's much more than racism is bad, which is what many books try to do without much substance. There's, right. There's more depth to it. The,
0: yeah. There's you can pull so many different um, themes and messages from To Kill a Mockingbird that we could sit here all in, all day and talk about it. I would have to read it again to sit here yeah. all day and talk. Which about I, it. I
1: actually don't have a problem with. I no, lost I my copy because it, it got lost in the rain and it got destroyed. Oh, that sucks. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, no, To Kill a Mockingbird, honestly one of one of the two books that really got me back interested in reading back in sophomore year um hmm. the other one might be higher on the list <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah one of two books that really got me back interested in reading back in sophomore year and i um i really just yeah every, everything that can be said about to kill a mockingbird has been said and yeah uh if you want to go ahead with your number three
1: um number three is into the wild i know this is a book that usually doesn't get um assigned but um it was in conjunction with walden because it was talking about the enlightenment era and like going out and like going to the woods and like just freeing yourself um it's by john crack or something like that and um it's about this guy um this is like a true story of um this guy that goes on an adventure and decides to um, just get rid of all his riches, get rid of all his money and go live out in the woods. And it's almost like a deconstruction of it because like he doesn't survive at the, this is like a foregone conclusion. He doesn't survive at the end. And you kind of see the the path of destruction. He leads on the way there of um, him being kind of selfish, him being kind of rude to his family and like, just not telling anybody about it. But the way I was just, it reminded me a lot about Truman Capote's way of writing, where um, it's... just because it's a true story doesn't mean it can have like incredible prose that goes along with it. And granted, it's not as strong as it is uh, as in Cold Blood, but it's... you can read it like as if it was a novel and still get the same amount of enjoyment. Um, it has a very interesting message where it's kind of a, like a Rorschach test, where you can view it as like a very positive message. It's like, hey, he died doing what he loved, or a very bad message saying, hey, you got to stay in society and just do your stuff. Um, Because society isn't that bad, and she was just being a pretentious jerkwad doing so. Um, Jerkwad. uh, (laughs) Jerkwad. A phony. A phony,
0: yeah. Callback. (laughs)
1: Um, But it was was great. I remember um, reading this book within like three days because I was just so interested in what was happening. Um, And it was a better way of teaching the Enlightenment not the Enlightenment, for the Romantic era, whatever, whatever Walden Walden's era was in, it was a much better way of um, getting that point across so, yeah
0: okay um, Brave New World is my number two uh, this is the other book that got me interested in, in reading once again in sophomore year uh, and I, have, I, I, I name dropped it before when I was comparing it to Fahrenheit 451 Brave New World is everything that Fahrenheit 451 wishes it could be and more. Mm. Um it talks about that the government totalitarianism, totalitarianism is bad. It talks about how seeking comfort over um comfort over everything else is bad. It it talks about it it talks about um it like how enjoyment just for the sake of enjoyment it probably has negative effects on humans mm. um it it just covers so much more than Fahrenheit 451 does in a tighter more concise more enjoyable in my opinion more enjoyable package uh probably, it's probably written better because
1: Fahrenheit 451 yes. i remember just like kind of very plainly
0: right Fahrenheit kind of... Fahrenheit 451 it, it's just it didn't it checked off the boxes it was trying to check off, but it just wasn't written in an interesting way uh Aldous Huxley again sorry oh you're yeah yeah sorry Aldous huxley is is an excellent author and I want to read more of his stuff um his nonfiction and his fiction because i I've enjoyed brave new world so much I just really I don't want to talk too much about it because there, if I talk too much about it, I'll start going to depth about yeah. his his foresight into sexual relationships. He had more foresight than uh, George Orwell did with technology, his foresight into how an authoritarian government would really rise would it rise out of George Orwell's um, like war authoritarian like taking control over people or to rise over people giving control? to the authoritarians for comfort i I could talk about this book even now even when i haven't read read it probably at least a year i could talk about it for hours it it, so interesting tons of tons of different meanings you can take from different themes Uh, so much foresight from a man who wrote this in the 1940s i want to say it just uh, honestly an incredible book
1: um, so we're going to run into a bit of conundrum, because two and one are books we've already talked about. And, uh, these books are also... So can I just name the next two, because we've already talked about them? Yeah,
0: that's fine. I think I know okay. what they are, as well. Yeah.
1: So number two is Catcher in the Rye, and then number one, Kill a Mockingbird. And these books, on the scale of, like, high school enjoyment, are probably on the very cold opposite ends. Because everybody loves to hate to, um, Catcher in the Rye. And then everybody loves to kill a mockingbird. I, I <laughs> what they're doing at the top of my list, I don't know. I really love Catching the Ride because of its message, um, how curt it is with its um, message, um, and also how blunt it is with how it really wants to hammer home about like um, how screwed up society is. But really, not really, because it's from the perspective of a teen. And I'm not gonna get into more of it because you know. We already talked about it. I don't feel like pouring you with that. Kill Mockingbird. I also interjected about Pierce. Um, <laughs> I interjected as much as I could. That's um fine. the movie's you could, great.
0: You could talk yeah. about you could talk about both of those more if you want. Like there's a reason they're both in our both of those books are in our top yeah. fives. Like we yeah. could talk about those for a while. Um, yeah.
1: I love to kill a Mockingbird. Um I also love the movie. I think the movie's also great. It's almost on par. When Um Gregory Peck is great.
0: It, it's so good that when you think of Atticus Finch, you think of what was his name? Of Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Yeah. That's who you that's what you that's the image it conjures in most in yeah. people who have seen the movie. That's the image it instantly no. conjures in yeah. their mind because he was so good.
1: Yep, and sort of Harper Lee also approved of it. It was like, this is the guy. This is who I imagined um, Atticus Fitch to be. Right. And you know what? It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I also really love the title drop. I also... But, like, probably my favorite part of this book was um, the court scene, where he gives the entire spiel, the speech. Yeah. And, like, such a brilliant scene. I, I, I mean, I, for some reason, you didn't read this book, I don't really want to go into depth about it. But it's just... Oh, it, is, can,
0: it is so brilliant. It's so empowering. So, yeah. yeah. I am gonna talk a little. Bit, I'll talk. A little, I'm I'm gonna bring that up a little bit later with with something another book in my list. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about. I'll talk a little bit about. That. I was gonna say something, but I'll, I'll I'll say it later.
1: Um, the play. Uh, I heard the play's great. I heard there was a bit of controversy around it, but I don't know. I heard they um they they adapted it differently. Where um, I know that um Scout is played by an adult woman because like you can't get a child to do all that stuff. Right. Um, it's also like she'll occasionally break the fourth wall, and like I, it, I know that the um the play starts with um, with the trial scene, and then just tells it out of order. The the
0: the point that we're trying to make is everything and anything to kill a mockingbird is usually, of some level of quality, so yeah, just go enjoy to kill a mockingbird.
1: If you haven't already, please yeah. do. Just, right. It's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll talk about my number one. Uh, I know you yeah. haven't read it yet, even though uh, this is probably like I think this is the my favorite book that I've ever read in high school. I ever read in high school. Um, All the light we cannot see. Have read it. Who You're was right. it by? I forgot the name of him. Hold on. Uh, Anthony Dorr, Doerr. D o e r r. How recent is this book? It came out in two thousand fourteen. And oh. yeah, okay. it's a it's a it's a recent it's a newer book, uh, which is interesting to see it at the top of my list. I'm sure for some people, um, it certainly is uh, an instant classic. I when I finished it, I told my teacher that I thought it was um, the only contemporary classic novel I'd ever read. The only the only novel that I that I could say I've read from the contemporary era that I would call a classic. Um, the the symbolism in it, it it's not it, the symbolism in it. Some of it is like you know the, I feel like the contemporary era suffers from this a lot. The symbolism is very like not very subtle or it's very cliched. Um, I feel like the hmm. fiction contemporary fiction suffers from that. Issue a lot, uh, unfortunately, but outside of that, the characters are excellent. Uh, between the um, German boy who is, you know, taken into the the Nazi army, um, and the blind French girl who is, you know, she's she's trying to survive the French or the German occupation of France, and just the the things that they can both do. How tell Some of the symbolism in it and it, in it is excellent and not in, in like subtle enough that you know you get it, but it's not.
1: Um... Can you tell me what this book is about? Cause okay, I'm like, so it's about World War II.
0: Yes, it's it takes okay. place during World it's War II. As soon as right? you
1: mention Germans, it's always about World War II. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So it's about two. Uh, I believe they're teenagers at the start. They're around that age. Uh, it's a blind French girl and a, um, German orphan boy. Uh, and the German orphan boy is very, he's a, he's very good with electricity. Uh, he fixes up things for his neighbors. He fixes radio, he fixed a radio uh, that he and his sister would listen to at the orphanage in the attic. Um, and then the Nazis came to power and they started, like, collecting people's radios. They're long distance ones. Um, and so he then he would like fix other peoples at one point and then at some point he has to fix it for a, a german officer who's in his city and he gives him a letter of recommendation for one of the top like, like nazi academies basically um, and he goes there and you kind of see his journey going from student to Uh, soldier in the army, he's in like this special task force eventually, and you kind of watch his journey as he moves forward through that. Um, And then you also have the French girl, the French blind girl, and it's the way that it's written is also very cool because the parts where you're following the French girl who's blind, the the prose and the narration is slightly different because she can't see. So a lot of the descriptions... Are you know they're lacking in color, or they're lacking hmm. they're lacking oh, okay. in details that you would pick up. That's, it, that's interesting. Yes, uh, but it but so it's the title. Still, all the light we cannot see is symbolic of something, but I'm not gonna get into okay. it because it's it, it's symbolic of a lot of things. But the I don't know I don't know of a part where it's necessarily lacking in color, but it's it I, I think that the introduction of the book is ex- is exemplary of that of this. It's is basically the forward a, or. It's like an introduction. They call it like chapter zero. I think it's like an introduction. So okay. uh, basically, they're the Germans are are shooting, um, or actually France is bombed. I think by the Allies, and you can see the difference in the French girl, the French girl's parts, and the German boy's parts in the introduction because they're both in in Paris. At the, they're not maybe not Paris. They're both in the same city at this time. Or is it Paris? They're both in the Somewhere. same. They're both in the same French city at this time, and it's being bombed. And um, you can real. You can really tell. There's greater use of of onomatopoeia and and sound, um words of that correlate to sounds in her parts, and there's just greater use of description in his parts. And both are written really, really well and paint a picture in your mind, regardless mm. of the fact that they're. That they're told in different ways. Um, there, oh gosh, there's so much about this book that I love. It's it is what uh, junior year I went through a lot, and I fell out with reading again. This book in senior year got me back into reading. I made a good reads because of it. I actually oh. started. I started this book club with you because of it. It was the first book I yeah. talked about with you when we d- talked about starting a book club. That like wow. this this book was honestly it it, it catapulted into what we're doing right now Um, it had such an effect on me and I really think that it's you know in 10 or 20 years 30 years however long it takes for it to become a classic people will probably be reading this in school Um, Hmm. but like far and wide i i really do believe that because it is just such they'll be ex- talking about this
1: book like they're talking about to kill a mockingbird
0: right i just really think it is such an excellent book it, it deserves that if it doesn't get it at least i think
1: so your number one was a lot more exciting than my number one <laughs> <laughs> i just said yeah i was good yeah the play the movie what and then <laughs> you, you were like you went off on that tirade yeah um yeah yeah so should we go rank, um just telling the entire list? Yeah,
0: I think we can each do a quick rundown of our list. Okay. Just make sure you don't get too in the weeds about descriptions of. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So, um, nineteen. Uh, yeah, so, so okay. So when we began this podcast, um, I thought the the way they were doing bottom five is that like we just list the bottom and go up. Mm-hmm. So I kind of screwed up with *Pride and Prejudice* because that was actually my least favorite book. Oh, you but... did
0: it in reverse order.
1: No, no, no. Okay, so five and one are flipped, but that's wow. beside the point. Okay, whatever. They're very, they're very close together. So, okay, so, Anthem. Now, I'm starting with the bottom up. So, worst to best: Anthem, The Scarlet Letter, Dante's Inferno, Integrity, Pride and Prejudice. All right, and now we're getting the books that uh, I obviously didn't mention. In the Time of the Butterflies. This book was assigned to be over the summer. It was really boring. It was very dry. I mean, I'm glad it takes place in Mexico, but it was it was boring. Romeo and Juliet. Um, Shakespeare's most famous play, but it's also the most meh. Okay. Um, people debate if it's supposed to be dark comedy or not, but we don't know. It's it's it, The characters are so bad that... Whatever. Fortnite 451. Um, very... We discussed this up here. Suzanne. I liked it a little bit more than he did, but I... I think it's very overrated. They're better Ray Bradbury stories to be studying. The Great Gatsby. That is a book we read. I cannot say that I love this book. I cannot say that I hated this book. I I, I don't really have much of an opinion on this book besides thinking, eh, it was a book I read. Night. Um, this book might be a little bit more controversial for putting it down this low, but like, I, I kind of want to. Re- I know it's a firsthand kind of the Holocaust, but it was just. I mean, there are some books that there there were some parts in this book that really got me like riled up but um let's just say um I wasn't I wasn't in, was in love with it um I, I enjoyed it but I didn't love it um Of Mice and Men great book um it's written very well it's very beautiful um but I just can't say that uh I I I don't have much many memories with it um but I still really enjoyed it um the Glass Castle, which was a memoir that we got turned into a movie, but no one ever mentions the movie. Um, Glass Castle is written very brilliantly. It's written as if it was in the moment. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's great. It's not very insightful as a memoir, but it's very very action-oriented. Not very action-oriented, but very I can't think of the word. It's like you're reading uh, like a novel.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then after that, Julius Caesar that was a banger of a play. It's probably more of a um, bit of an underrated book or a play um, in Shakespeare's catalog. It's almost as good as Hamlet, in my opinion. That Hamlet, A Raisin in the Sun, *The Crystal, Into the Wild, *Catch in the Rye, and To Kill a Mockingbird.
0: Okay. All right. Um, so my bottom was obviously The Scarlet Letter. Uh, and then I had Jane Eyre, Fahrenheit 451, The Awakening, Anthem, 100 Years of Solitude... Uh, and then I had Romeo and Juliet, uh, same reason you had, very like okay, Shakespearean play wasn't amazing, you know wasn't terrible. It was just like, yeah. Uh, then I have King Lear, which is another one of Shakespeare's plays. I don't think um, I I wanna I wanna be frank. There is a, deg- a certainly a degree of separation between King Lear and Romeo and Juliet. I just think I didn't like the way that I had our teacher read it. I want to read it again at some point see if my level of enjoyment for it goes up. Mm. Um I just uh I just didn't I just didn't really love it uh in the situation that I read it in. Um next I have The Great Gatsby. Again, like you said, it was a, it was a book. Uh it was enjoyable at the time. Didn't really have a tremendous impact on me. Um it you know it's okay. It's an interesting read. It may, it brings up some.
1: The characters were all very selfish, and like we couldn't yeah. relate to any of them.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, then I have Julius Caesar. I agree with you. An underrated play. I don't know if I would put it in the same league as Hamlet, but definitely an underrated Shakespearean play. Um, definitely a great one to read through. Uh, the the uh, speech that is given towards the end of that, um, towards the end of it, is excellent. Um, at, at Caesar's funeral. Um, sorry about my roommate, if you can hear him. (laughs) Um, next I have Kite Runner. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of in the same camp as The Great Gatsby. I did really enjoy it. I think it, I think it's better than The Great Gatsby, obviously, I put it above it. Um, but it's just something that I don't see myself going back and reading again, uh, even though it was, it was enjoyable. Um... I think that the discussions that we had in class over it were better than the w- was a better time for me than the time I spent reading it personally. Mm. Um, next, I have The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, and I know it's very long, and um, I just want. Have you read that? I I want to say that uh, this wasn't technically assigned to me, but it basically was my junior year English teacher like, pushed me into reading it because she wanted me to enter an essay contest for that the Ayn Rand Foundation puts on. Um, for for It's like a scholarship uh, essay contest. Uh, but anyway, I read it. I, like I said, I'm a little bit libertarian. I enjoy Ayn Rand. I think that her philosophy is a little too radical for me. I'm a pretty moderate libertarian, if I could call myself that. Um, so I think that she's a little too radical for me, but I do think that the Fountainhead of what I've read of her is probably her best novel. Um, the prose about architecture can get a little bit dry at times. Um.
1: Is this the book with a really long speech?
0: There are multiple very long speeches in this book.
1: No, wait, there's this this infamous...
0: The one at the the end in the courtroom? Yeah. Yes. Um. (laughs) but there are multiple very long speeches in this book no 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 i'm talking about the rest of the book the characters are very two-dimensional i'm, I'm maybe looking at this maybe i should have put it a little bit lower yeah. john galt speech yes john no yeah john galt is um john galt is from atlas shrugged oh okay yeah so th- this is this is th- this is a different courtroom speech okay um But no, The Fountainhead as a novel is very, very good. I think that uh, the parts where it falls apart are in the character motivations and in uh, basically the characters. Uh, The prose is very pretty, especially when it comes to architecture. She definitely did her research on architecture. Um, I think that if you look at it as kind of a monument to mankind rather than radical libertarian philosophy it it some of the ideas in it are more palatable to the average person and also very interesting um i don't know i i I enjoyed it as a novel i think some of the ideas in it are pretty palatable although i wouldn't go anywhere near as far as she does um uh, Night, I actually have pretty high here compared to your list. I certainly really enjoyed it. I think that the fact that it is a first-hand account of the Holocaust personally and the way that it's written really kind of pushes it up a little bit for me. Like It is a very, it is a very enjoyable yeah. novel, that, yeah. but it's a first-hand account at the same time.
1: Elzel is a great guy as well, just yes, putting that out true, there yeah he's well.
0: an amazing guy uh next I have animal farm um i loved animal farm uh that was that was freshman year it it's definitely a good primer for getting into orwell or dystopian fiction um and it's um you know the 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 themes in it are very much echo they very much echo the themes in nineteen eighty four but they are told in a very different way, and I found that really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I have Hamlet, 1984, Catcher in the Rye, Mockingbird, New World, and all the light we cannot see. But yeah.
1: Oh man, we actually got through it. <laughs> we did get
0: through it, oh. in about an hour, too, so it's shorter. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. um, thanks everybody hey, Do for we have a closer? <laughs> I mean, I was just going to close it up. Um, okay. Thanks everybody for watching uh between do we have do we have any viewers? <gasps> I don't I don't know. I don't know if we did. Let me check. <laughs> we
1: right. had one. One.
0: One. Um okay. yeah, but okay. We're we're basically streaming this for when we have future podcast listeners. It's fine yeah. that we don't have that many viewers right now. But anyway, uh thank you to anyone who, you know, listened to our podcast or that recorded. one person. Okay, but you're we also special. we're also posting it to our <laughs> okay. podcasting site. Um, thank you, thank you for watching, um, or thank you for listening if you're listening on on Anchor afterwards.
1: Thank you for consuming this. Thank you, yeah. And thank you for
0: consuming our our between the chapters, uh, basically trial run. Um, I hope you enjoyed, and um, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening
1: yeah